0: Welcome back to TFT. I'm Ryan. That's Matt. Matt, what's going on? What's happening, brother? What's happening, <sighs> my man? Oh, man. Brother, brother. <laughs> brother, brother. There's far too many of you dying. <laughs> Guys, we're doing Marvin Gaye.
1: <laughs> it's What's Going On from 1971.
0: Yeah, what's going on is what's going on. On. Um, the TFT podcast.
1: <laughs> I like that. I like the Ouroboros uh, nature of that of that pronouncement.
0: Well, I think we should we should definitely talk about that because it is both a question and an answer.
1: Yeah, that's a good. I mean, that's a good point. But we're we're getting ahead of ourselves. If you haven't, I know. If you haven't, so <laughs> listen to it. Listen to it now.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Get it on. Get it on vinyl. Uh, go go to the um, the Spotify's or the Waffles, and we'll be back after uh, this word from our sponsors.
1: So you got um uh oh uh we're, sponsor today's Motown Records. If you want a heavily quality controlled record, a record of indisputably high quality, Motown Records has a whole quality control department uh, working to make sure that Motown records are of the highest quality and are controlled
0: in terms of quality. I was gonna do raincoats. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, for 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 when uh, for when that hard rain that that was a gonna fall has started falling, uh-huh. <laughs> um, put on your raincoat.
1: <laughs> Make sure it's double-breasted and has an awesome Count Dracula esque collar.
0: I mean, right? I mean, I know what I'm wearing all fall, and <laughs> it is and and it is going to be a, a sweet uh, a sweet raincoat. And I'm just going to look off into the fu- the uncertain future, um, as Marvin Gaye is on the on the cover of what's going on. It it's so cool, yeah. right? Is, is it not a? I mean, there's so many places uh, to start, um, but we, we often start on uh, on, on album covers yep. and, and and just the fact that this is. That he is is captured in the middle of a rainstorm, right? And sure. and the the rain is beating off of his jacket and his hair and his beard, um, is is amazing because that is what's going on, right? right? And and we've talked about, um, interestingly, right, that you know we we've you know to kind of situate this album in our arc of our kind of historical uh, historical um, swing, right? We kind of started this historical swing, you know, rocketing backwards, right? So we 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 hopped on the Neil Young rocket, uh, going. Going from a letter home back through Harvest. and then we kept going. Right, we kept going back to uh, to Dylan, the Free Will and Bob Dylan, and then bounced back. So we were like a rocket tied to a um, to like a ball, to a rubber bouncy ball, and then we bounced off uh, Dylan back up through Highway sixty one, um, and then through uh, the Velvet Underground last week in, in the the late sixties, and now we're back up to nineteen seventy one. Yeah, and so so we've kind of interestingly talked about you know if in dillon you have some of these seeds planted and the premonition that a hard rains are going to fall um and in in harvest we are getting uh the 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 reaping what has been sown um in some ways that this is you know the the, the ghost of 1970s present, right? Uh, uh sure. you know, that it is what's going on. Um, it's not yet been reaped and it's not, is not the sowing, but it is the watering of the, of, of, of the, of the change. Right. Uh, and so, um, so entirely intentionally we have a, be- the, the perfectly crafted arc uh, that we, that we wanted to craft. And I say that because, you know, we kind of um, make our sequence up as we go along, but I'm I'm liking how this is is slotting in with where we've um where we've been. It is. Um, I
1: mean, we have we had a little bit of sort of talking about I don't know talking about our goals and like what and what story what story do we want to tell? Like right, right. Like One of the what we considered and rejected a number of possibilities of artists that we that we could cover, and and I don't want to name them because we may go back and do them at some at some future point, and we,
0: and I, we don't want to hurt feelings either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like, Elvis is going to be really pissed. Oops! (laughs) Oh, watch or leave me out. I see. So you're imagining... That sounded to me more like a fat Elvis, right? I guess, is is Elvis, like, in the afterlife, fat Elvis or skinny Elvis?
1: I don't know, yeah. I mean, do you go back to your mess? I guess he's postage stamp Elvis, because that's how we all... That's how we all remember him.
0: I hope there's an like an Elvis multiverse where all of the Elvi uh, are are together in the afterlife. Kind of
1: like there's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right, it's called Turtles Forever, and they all uh, all the turtles from the earliest grittiest comic book turtles to the uh, to the most to the comical turtles of our youth to the most recent kind of gritty reboot of the turtles all show up together. I like to think of it. Uh, I like to think of it like that. It's really, it's really, uh, it's Elvis
0: Elvis forever. (laughs) Um, Um, Yeah. So so, yeah, you were going to say we, we right,
1: like, and we sort of thought, what is the story? You know, what is the story that we want to tell? And it, it turns out that the story that, that we, we happen to be telling is a story of, if not protest music, then sort of social, social message music or sort of social, socially engaged, uh,
0: Engaged music and like and, and maybe more generally, it may also be about like rebellion in a sense. Um, especially because we're headed towards punk, right? You know, we're we're moving inexorably towards punk. That seemed partly. like yeah. I mean, that seemed
1: like the story of this particular quarter, which is like, how do we get to punk, right?
0: Yeah, eg- exactly. Um, and and in part that's because where a lot of my own interests uh, lie, and in fact, where um, a lot of You know, and a lot of the music that I got in. I was started buying vinyl um, when I first had, uh, had a record player, which was um, shortly after graduating from college. A lot of the music that I um, bought on vinyl was the music of the late seventies, kind of a nineteen seventy six to nineteen eighty period. That's a lot of like punk and post punk and um, stuff that we're going to discuss uh, coming up. Um, but we wanted to, you know, in in our our transition. We hit some others are some other strains of kind of um, processed music, of social music, and other forms of kind of um, rebellion and, uh, uh, and 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 assertions of um, you know different kinds of almost declarations of independence, whether that is social independence and artistic independence, um, that are um, that, that, that I think are a unique strand of kind of music from what we discussed, uh, in our last, um, in, in, our, in our last stretch through history where we kind of our entry point was really through, um, was through Britney Spears, right? We, as we rocketed back through history, um, the last time, um, it was kind of occasioned by, um, the, uh, a few anniversaries and, and in subsequent weeks, you know, uh, earlier this year of, um, the Britney Spears, um uh, baby one more time anniversary and the um the which i think was what, the 15th uh, and then the beatles anniversary uh, of of beatle uh, the, the anniversary of beatlemania um and so that a lot of that lens uh through that stretch was finding the um indiness In pop right and the popness in indie um and and that was kind of the the flip side of of our kind of first um quarter of 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 musical tft um but i think that for just a variety of largely contingent reasons we've kind of hit another on this other um uh strand of kind of of, of ind- indiness and independence as it relates to kind of re- uh, rebellion of some kind or another.
1: Right. And this is I mean, this is really interesting, especially with this album today, because I think that like, uh, despite it's kind of not seeming uh, to belong in a narrative that that goes from. Uh, Bob Dylan le- and leads up to Punk. It, it seems to me that um, that it really does. I mean, partly because it's such a it's such a departure. It's such an unexpected departure. But but partly because uh, Marvin Gaye is sticking it to the man, and he's sticking it to a couple of men, yeah. right? Like one is one is like the man, capital T, capital M, the man. Yeah,
0: is the uh, big brother, right? Yeah, um, is the
1: social, right? Is this sort of uh, social man? But another one is the head of his record label. Right? Right. Like who didn't want. And I mean, the story, the release story, which you can read in the Wikipedia article, which we'll link up in the show notes, is is amazing for this. Right. They recorded the single. Uh,
0: Barry Gordy hated it. Right. As he- I mean, he, I think described it as the worst thing he had ever heard, <laughs> which is like amazing. Right. Because it, and, and which is like t- tells you so much about this, about this man. Right. Because it's it's a fantastic song. Yeah. Like every time when uh, listening to this again and again, I I couldn't help but sing along uh, every time the chorus rolled around um, and I, I must have listened to it. A dozen or more times um, in, in the last week or so. And it, it is, a, it is a, a sticky, sticky earworm. And so his definition of worst is in part political and normative right. um, because it, it is a great freaking song. Right. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And it got released sort of behind his back and yeah. unexpectedly became a hit. Yeah. You know? And then, yeah. The, and then there was this sort of Faustian bargain where it was like, okay, fine. This is a hit. If you can give me a, uh, if you can give me a whole album in thirty days, uh, yeah. I won't. Uh, you know, I won't interfere artistically with with whatever it is uh, that you're trying to do. Right. Yeah,
0: exactly. And this, I mean, so this kind of narrative, I mean, right, so this fits to the levels, the kind of circles of rebellion that are going on right. here as well, right? That there is a, a, a kind of equation and uh, engagement and rebellion against kind of authoritarianism within Motown, right? And, um, and also even in, um, in Marvin Gaye's personal life, right? He was um, married for a time to, um, to Barry Gordy's sister, right um uh, uh the kind of songwriter uh uh Anna Anna Gordy Gay right and so there's a there's a lot where like there is a lot of levels of control here um over you know in in, in Marvin Gaye's early early career um and then and then there's a, a question about i mean it's interesting to think about what is the i mean it, it's of how to think about strands of rebellion in the album itself because it's not the album's not called here's what you should do right. <laughs> it's called it's called what's going on um and and it's so it's a it's it's descriptive is both is both exploratory and descriptive rather than rather than prescriptive or um even prophetic in the way um that uh that we talked about um both Dylan and the Velvet Underground being in in their own way um and so but i think that i mean here's an interesting question I, I, you touched on this a little bit but um to, because this is something that we've developed, what what the question i wanted to ask you matt is um is marvin gaye an indie band <laughs> Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it sort
1: of depends. It sort of depends on on what your uh, on what your because um, I think
0: the answer is yes. Spoiler alert! I think the answer. I'm willing to argue yes, but go ahead. Well, I actually answer it because I think that the answer is in in the process. But go ahead.
1: But the the uh, sure. I think he's an indie band, but I think he's an indie band who goes indie right mm-hmm. i think he's an mm-hmm. indie band the same way that carol king is an indie band right sure. because yep. he'd been involved in this in this music machine in this sort of detroit like yeah. uh you know brill building anal- sort of black brill building analog though i guess a lot of brill building um music was sung by by black groups but but it's uh,
0: it's, it's fubu brill building
1: right <laughs> yeah exactly sure 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 exactly uh yeah um so the <laughs> Uh, he'd been involved in this machine and he sort of, he sort of goes indie, right? So it's a, it, he's a, there are like, there are indie bands because no one wants to take them mainstream, um, and then there, then there are indie bands who have been mainstream, exactly. um, you know, uh, right. Like in other words, some are born indie, some achieve indiness and some have indiness thrust upon them. And I think Marvin right. Gaye may be, maybe in the, the latter category there, the last category, because it's, um, it like, it sort of, uh, seems to me that he had kind of arrived at a point personally where he felt like he couldn't go on, whether it was in, um, his singing and performing partners, uh, uh, I, I, think untimely death at a very young age, um, his kind of the breakdown of his marriage, uh, and, and also a kind of artistic sort of artistic stagnation. And then also I think his brother was in Vietnam, right? And his, his brother sort of came back and through the lens of, of his brother's experience, he was, um, to a certain extent, rad- radicalized or really sort of, really sort of opened his mind to a lot of stuff, and and realized that music was the way that he he had uh, was the means that that he had. So he, he is is Marvin Gaye an indie band? He is now, right? But right. he wasn't he wasn't always.
0: Well, and know? I think the, yeah, exactly. No, and I think that that um, that narrative is a, a important. Um, there's a, 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 we may have talked about this a little bit before, but this idea of, um, getting, succeeding, um, over the objections of a record label is one of a kind of repertoire of indiness, right? And I, I think that, um, there's a few bands that I can think of in the kind of indie canon that are, that kind of... Get accepted as indie um or or even um elevated or sainted as being indie because of troubles with record labels um and I think one uh, and one particular album um that I think of in this way is um uh uh wilco's Yankee hotel foxtrot um which I believe. Um, if, if memory serves correctly, that there is is a narrative that this was you know re- rejected as being too weird by a record label, um, and and was put out anyway, and so that kind of heightens the the sense that there is a um, you know this artistic vision that needs to to get out. Um, another one I think that um, another band and uh, album that that gets this uh, this treatment uh, a lot. Uh, Is um, an album called "The Meadowlands" by a band called The Wrens, who also had a, um, you know, had been a smaller band, had a major label deal, and then it uh, it it disappeared, right? And so this idea of um, of of finding a way of getting kind of stuck in a label system and then finding a way to get the work out, um, uh, regardless, is is one of these uh, ways to um, kind of. You know, indie yourself, um, and and so I think that that that's um, that's right, and and that I mean it really kind of gets at this um, idea of indie music not as a genre, but as a kind of what a, a I don't want to say state of mind, but a, a mode of production, um, I suppose, and and that there are different ways, and so that you know this. You know, that um, and so it's it's not even that I mean, no, it's it's a it's a set of relationships to institutions, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. No, I think that I think that that's right. And so what's interesting is that so it's not even that Marvin Gaye had indiness thrust upon him, but that, in fact, he used certain types of bargaining power that he had to reconfigure those relationships um, with with uh, with um, Motown Records um, and with, you know, with Barry Gordy in particular.
1: Yeah, it's funny like uh you know indie indie is kind of like if you're not now you never were but that's not that's not true for indie right like right. If, if you're not now
0: you may have been in the past or you could be in the future but I, yeah I, no, I no, you know, there's like, there's definitely like a there's definitely kind of um, some kind of quantum indiness, right? There's, there's some kind of like these these indie uh, these indie time paradoxes um, that are that are interesting. Um, but I
1: wonder, can you be indie, go go non indie, and then go back to being mm. indie? You know, like once once you've been indie, do you burn up your uh, do you burn up your ability to be indie to be indie again?
0: That's an interesting question. I I would need to think more about what. Uh, if there are any um, examples, examples of yeah. artists, um, I actually want to actually though, uh, and, we, and just because we're actually on this topic, um, this seems as good of a time to um, to incorporate it as as any. That we got a message on Facebook from listener uh, Joel Payne, uh, who, uh, and I think this is this is relevant um, to the discussion of indiness, and I think also to um, to to kind of how we're thinking about um, uh, what's going on. Uh, is a I uh, send a message from a field note from the Neutral Milk Hotel concert in Columbus, Ohio. Um, And Joel writes, uh, There are McDonald's advertisements and a T-shirt cannon. The pre-show music included Captain Beefheart and Robert Wyatt. Does indie even mean anything anymore? Uh Have subaltern music and music scenes permanently entered the mainstream in this Internet age? Um, And I think that, you know, we are not going to... um, Answer that question uh, necessarily, uh, but I think that in some ways, our our um, I think that uh, I think the I, I think it is the case that indie as a, a genre label does not necessarily mean anything any anymore um, because there are many things that are um, not at all it, that it, I mean again it, it eats its tail um, yep. and and so that if there's a question of is there a? I think another question is: Is there a value in Indiness? Um, and if so, how does one identify it? And 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 what what does that mean? Uh, and 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 it may not be. And part of the answer, and part of why we're talking about this with um, respect to what's going on, is that I think that, that there is going to be um, more and more Indiness uh, in in unexpected places, <laughs> right? Um, sure. Yeah, and 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 so I think that it, where it exists, it's not where you where you think it is. And so I think, and just I mean, it, this kind of thinking about this question of can you be indie and then not indie and then go back to indie. I think the Neutral Milk Hotel is is interesting um, in that Jeff Mangum, the kind of singer, singer songwriter and kind of principal of Neutral Milk Hotel, was for a long time, um, a, a notably a recluse. Um, and and you know, basically after. Um, a period of productivity and and making, you know, the classic album uh, in the airplane over the sea, um, then was kind of disappeared for a long period of time. Actually not in a way that I think also echoes elements of of, uh, Marvin Gaye um, at various times in his career. I mean, um, you know, prior to the period of what's going on, went into seclusion. At another point, I think, went into a kind of uh tax evasion driven uh-huh. um uh exile uh but th- this mode He was sticking kind of, it to the man. Yeah, right? Uh, uh and so um, that that, but then I think what's interesting is that Jeff Mangum is uh, uh, is 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 re, reemerging, uh, and uh, and and just the idea. I mean, I just would love. I, I would I like the mental image of people firing off t-shirt cannons as as someone goes, "I am the king of carrot flowers." Is just unbelievable. Like if I had to write a a A satire <laughs> about the state of indie music uh, i I could not do better than than that real thing that, uh, so so Joel, thank you for that gift uh, um alone I mean, um, sorry, i'm sorry yeah I go ahead there's Matt.
1: also there's also like there's an element of of independent producers sort of uh aping kind of recapitulating the the marketing um, techniques of you know of mainstream uh, of mainstream marketers right the the idea being that like it's a sharpie and the letterpress thing right like we all have we all have sharpies now and you know what we do i suppose is use our sharpies to painstakingly copy right the the corporate <laughs> manifestos right. you know that is to say we we are are all personal brands and we all do advertising on facebook and we all you know are, you know, Are I mean, overthinking it has merchandise, you know, like we, we I, I want to get rid of it all because it's um, maybe not doesn't align with with where we're headed. But like uh, all that stuff, right? Like we we had a a uh, I think a. Commemorative mouse pad at some point. Um, all, the, all this stuff. I mean, there, there are. It seems like the interest. The interesting thing to me about this is that it seems like in whatever your uh, relationship to certain means of production, or whatever your recourse to, you know, uh, mass messaging, mass communications. Um, it seems like there are fewer uh, acceptable modes. Uh, of communication, right? Well,
0: like, yeah, and it, it strikes me that indiness is a burden that masquerades as freedom, right? That, <laughs> that, that, that there's a sense of, of, oh, yeah, you DIY, man, do it yourself uh, and, and, you know, make, make things uh, make things uh, artisanally. Uh, uh, you can you you can express yourself, your unique self, um, and, and authentic self uh, on so many different platforms. But really, what that's saying is, you are now another commodity, and you are also a, in addition to whatever your job title is, um, also a CEO and a CFO and marketing uh, 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 and 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 a, a kind of you know marketing uh, specialist and the and the product and it and it. Also all kind of comes and goes. Um and is part of the the, the same um, thing. I mean, I think what's interesting, I, right, Exactly.
1: Kind of, you can't escape the corporate mentality when you are a corporation. And I want to, I want to, I mean, yourself, like, and and I want to connect yeah. this up to what's going on. Right. Right. So there's second, current, like, corporate
0: personhood, but it's that peoples are people are now also corporations, <laughs> <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> like that's that's the that's the side of corporate personhood that gets more the that gets neglected, right? Um, and so yeah, but go ahead. I
1: don't. Yeah. Exactly. I don't allow myself birth control. It's real. It's really oppressive. Um yeah
0: exactly. <laughs> um, yeah you are your own hobby lobby. <laughs> um I think that I mean I think that uh I think how this actually connects um to to what's going on uh, it, uh, other than it being what's going on right now <laughs> uh, it being it, it being what is in fact uh, uh has continued to go on. Sure I suppose
1: uh, we're always <laughs> already talking about what's going on.
0: Right. Um and uh but I think that the other another way to think about this that I think is really interesting is, um, in the answer to the question of, um, you know, is Marvin Gaye an indie band? You answered the indiness, But I think there's, like, the other question is, is Marvin Gaye a band? Right. Um, and and I think there's an interesting question, uh, that, you know, although Marvin Gaye is the name of a person, and is the name of the person who, um is uh singing on this album and uh, is uh, featured on the cover in the in the raincoat and uh, who um, did a lot of the production there is also a uh, there's a, a sense in which this is a really genuine um, collective and collaborative uh, enterprise um, that and that the the musicians themselves were given um, a lot of a role of, of uh, improvising of exploring of jamming uh, and there was a, a sense of collaboration of, of playing as a band right and so there's this interesting uh, sense of we talked it's it's an inverse um, or I don't know if it's an inverse, but it's a this interesting mirror of what we discussed on the Toon Yards, uh episode, and a little bit on um, the Saint Vincent uh, episode that Pete and I discussed uh, as well. Is that you know that you have um, the, uh, this idea of a band or a abstract entity of. Tune Arts or St. Vincent, but usually people refer to people who are in the know refer to either of those. The pronoun that they use is is she, right? That that it's, it's that Tune Yards is a identity or brand managed by, um, you know, Meryl Garbus uh, or Annie Clark, respectively. And this is interesting in that, um, you know, I, that there are this is an iteration where, um, you know, Marvin Gaye is not just like Sticking out on his uh, on his own as an individual, but he's actually just starting his own company uh, or his own. And and I mean, company both kind of not really in a corporate entity, but like as as a band of 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 players, right? And so there is um, just because you're um, you know going rogue in this sense or going indie, um, there isn't. That doesn't mean that you're actually not um, collaborating. And so there's a sense of of being. Um, embedded in uh, of not being alone and embedded in in a community and a collective endeavor um, that you get in the music that I think then overlaps with a lot of what 's going on in terms of some of the um, uh, of both the diagnosis of the social problems and you know the potential solutions that are embedded in that um and and, and in terms of thinking about relationships with community with family um and with religion right Uh, i think that those are themes that really um that 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 run throughout the album that i think relate in a lot of ways to the the sound of the album and, and just the way the music is is played and the way it feels
1: um you know, even in the conception of the of the lead off single right like it was not written by, uh, it was not written by Marvin Gaye right it, it was a song that was brought to him you know by and the the story which you know you can find on the Wikipedia page, which we'll link up is that uh, um, it was offered first to the four tops you know right. or uh, or the originals rather sorry different gr- different group but uh, but um uh, Rinaldo Benson. Uh, known as OB saw um some saw a pretty bad crackdown on uh protesters in Berkeley's People's Park right um and uh wrote a song uh about this and uh or, or sorry, Al Cleveland was the songwriter who wrote a song based on the conversations with Benson, and then they brought it to Marvin Gaye, and, and Marvin Gaye um, asked to do a to do a draft. The Wikipedia article has, uh, you know, he asked for a songwriting credit in in return for, it, but he wanted to to put his own stamp on it. He wasn't just just after glory. What he wanted was permission to to work on it, and yeah, you know, and I
0: love the quote uh, that they say, "We measured him for the suit, and he tailored the hell out of it." Right, uh, which is which is a a, a beautiful quote, right? With, that kind of gets a bit of the heart of how the creative process worked on that song.
1: Yeah, sure. And I mean, also, yeah. And also how it, how it kind of works in, in a collaborative authorship, in a collaborative authorship sort of way, right? Like both, both in terms of uh, both in terms of the contributions of many people, right? Like uh, I, I suppose the contributions of the the protesters who got beat down on Bloody Thursday in the People's Park, right? Uh, the contributions of the man who witnessed it, the contributions of the man who uh, originated some of the song and, and in conversation and collaboration, and then and then also the way there has to finally be kind of a director or there finally. Has to be like an aesthetic unity, which is provided by usually by a single sensibility, right? Right, and that that, um. You know, uh, I I heard once an interesting podcast that was a, a recording of a talk at South by Southwest about managing um, creative teams, managing yeah. uh, creativity, and it was um, it was uh, interesting. Uh, one of the observations that the that the uh, I think it was two people giving the talk made uh, was that creative teams uh, have two modes. There is um, kind of brainstorming endless possibility blue sky no bad ideas mode uh in which you have a very flat organizational structure uh without leaders in which everyone's contributions go in the pot and and then there is uh execution time time to make it happen in which you go to an almost uh, militaristically hierarchical model and and um And the idea is to throw out as many ideas as possible to hone in on a, like, a strong, clear vision of what the actual thing that, that you're making, uh, is. And in some, like, I think there was one sketch writing collective that, that actually, like, rotated the dictator role Mm -hmm. among their members for, for their, uh, successive shows so that it wouldn't, it wouldn't always be the same, uh, hierarchy, but that there has to be, um, there has to be a sort of organizing, organizing sensibility. So the sort of the the story of this so- of this song being written is is uh, sort of interesting and is kind of an object lesson in in that sort of collaborative in that kind of collaborative creative process which is really I mean right which is really interesting because we've talked about sort of the Faraday cage of non-interference um, the idea of like a lone genius uh, atop a pyramid of human skulls making uh, you know making a thing that is um, a reflection of of the individual sensibility right like right. And, and this is a this is an alternative model uh, for artistic success that is perhaps a little more uh, a little more humane and right well it 's more... also holy
0: shit, look at all these human skulls right <laughs> yeah <laughs> right exactly <laughs> um,
1: yeah, and then that's that 's one more thing that I, that I wanted to sort of talk about with with like uh, as we close the the chapter on endinginess and maybe move into to talking about some of these songs uh individually um the, the idea that I brought up of like the the um available domains shrinking, right, like the available kind of modes of um <laughs> modes of selfhood right modes of personhood and modes of communication of selfhood um sort of shrinking uh it stands in opposition to what i hear about the 60s that is from if, if you've ever talked to i, I don't know I, we've never talked about this run but i don't know if you've ever talked talked with people who were uh of the 60s generation and who happened to be um, in college, in a, you know, in a campus, uh, that was, that had to do with that, uh, with uh, a lot of social uh, engagement and protest uh, during the 60s. But people who were not only alive during the 60s, but sort of engaged with the Summer of Love and engaged with, you know, peace, love and music and engaged with um, uh, the kind of social, the kind of social movements going on in the '60s. When I talk to those people, they they have this sort of sorrowful, um, this sort of sorrowful optimism about it, because this the '60s represent for them uh, almost to a person, to a one that I've talked to, um, a time when when there was this sense of possibility of of real lasting social change right like now we have uh the end of the end of history right like now we have the the logic of postmodern institutions and of late capitalism you know and the right. the idea that um the idea that sort of things things are set up to not be able to change, but that that at the 60s, you could actually sort of inquire into the nature of things. You could actually look and make make the sort of uh, inquiry what's going on or make the positive claim. This is what's going on. Right. Uh, and have it be um, have it be. Radical like uh literally at the root of 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 the society and and of the potential for um, for social change, and that this is this is like i think that that, that accounts for there's a lot of um uh, uh, sort of outrage right uh, or maybe there's a lot of anger or a lot of sort of uh a protest on what's going on, but it's not expressed the way punk comes to, to express it. You know, um, it's, it's, it's expressed in, in a much more, optimistic way right like hey yeah. I'm angry this makes me want to holler so I'm hollering and like people are going to listen to me and there's the potential for change right it strikes me that there's like a great, a great optimism to this there's a great optimism in, in Marvin Gaye on the cover looking sort of up yeah. and to the right you know kind of staring into the rain like there's a sun you know behind those yeah. clouds uh, yeah. and,
0: and, and, it, and it's not a junkie
1: <laughs> yeah exactly it's not a setting right it's not a. it's not a setting sun it's a, i mean it's interesting to me right like war uh social protest you know but but also heroin right, right. art right. is is really is going on a lot in velvet underground in neil young and in and in marvin yeah. gay Mar-
0: marvin Gaye has 99 problems and drugs are one of them yeah our like
1: thr- drugs are definitely yeah
0: um, uh, yeah, no, it is interesting. We should we should talk about that because it, it strike me is that you know this is now. Um, I don't know if there was a specific heroin song um, in on either of the Bob Dylan albums that we discussed, but we're at least three for four in the last uh, month on uh, as we kind of go back through the seventies um, uh, on heroin songs, uh, and the the heroin song in this album is flying high in the friendly sky, mm-hmm. um, and I th- I mean there may have been either I. I yeah, I can't think of one explicitly uh, on Dylan, but I feel like it was the, at the very least in the margins. Sure. <laughs> it was heroin adjacent, uh-huh. um, and so yeah. Um, but I you know I think it's interesting because I mean I would love to hear how to square this. So I think that this idea of, of understanding the optimism, I think a lot of that Raymond that reading makes sense um but then uh, i think about the song save the children right which starts i just want to ask a question who really cares to save a world in despair who really cares um and uh, and so i guess but i guess that is the interesting question of do you read that is like who is it? who cares hey who's with me who's going to do this yeah or is it like well who really who cares why bother um and i think there's a they're kind of both rare there in a way um that there's on on the one hand the optimism of we might be able to do something, but on the other hand there's i think because this is is post sixties this is this is seventy one it's right on that precipice of oh wait a second, maybe what we are harvesting is not social change uh, but in fact bitter disappointment <laughs> uh and 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 a and uh and and more um robust uh, uh change resistant forms of power right that that uh that, that there's it's that, that there's the um political and social um uh, equivalent of of drug resistant uh, uh, bacteria that, that that exists that stronger and and more robust forms of of control and hierarchy. I mean, um, I think so that there's, you see there's, that. there's a sense of that sadness there as well.
1: Yeah, I think you see that in I mean, just in the the story of of this album. Also, I mean, it was released by Motown, right? And like the corporations are happy to sell you you know anti corporate propaganda right. as long as you you know as long as that's what you're buying. Right. Like it would it would take a much more fundamental rejection of, uh, you know, of the concepts of sort of buying and selling. Right. It would take a much more uh, systemic rejection of that in order to really stick it to the man. And and really, I, they're betting that you don't want to that you actually don't want to live in that world. Right. Like right. You, you don't want to know what your standard of living would be like, you know, right. Um If you, you know, I don't know if we sort of collectively socially took that uh, took that pay cut. Right. (laughs) You know, it took that sort of equitable um, uh, took that equitable pay cut. I mean, the other thing about save the children is that like um, who's willing to try to save the world that's destined to die? It, it, it kind of reminds me of Man of La Mancha and the, the, like, the famous song, like, dream the impossible dream, right? right. It's, not like the hero, it's not like the hero is the one who dreams the impro- improbable dream or sort of struggles against all odds to try and succeed. No, it's, it's the hero, at least in this sort of highly romanticized uh, uh, notion of it that gets uh, put forward in, in that particular musical. The, the hero is the one who dreams the impossible Dream dreams it anyway, even though it's not possible. And in the, the dreaming of that impossible dream is where the, the heroism, uh, is. And I think it's sort of like who, who really cares who's willing to try to save the world. Uh, that's, that's destined to die. Um, you know, and and then there's a statement of the problem. When I look at the world that fills me with sorrow, little children today are going to suffer tomorrow. Uh, it's such a bad way to live. Who's to blame? Uh, we can't stop living. You know, uh, right. we can't we can't stop living. And and the living is kind of on this track that's going to make the children suffer tomorrow. But we can't we can't stop. You know, uh, we're we're we don't really have breaks. We don't have have. Uh, breaks and we 're all destined we 're all sort of destined to die, and the world is is destined to sort of get worse if if we don 't if there isn 't a way to stop this, so who really cares? The person who really cares mm. is willing to try to save the world, not, yeah. not, not necessarily able to save the world, but is, is willing to try to save the world and I think that that in that my construction on this kind of links it up with what you said about this being at the this being at the tipping point right this isn 't right. the summer of love where it 's this sort of opening up of possibility. this is kind of at a at a um, a local maximum, right yeah. where you're sort of staring down, uh, you know the the long, uh, you know you you realize that the that the you know derivative of this particular graph is negative all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're staring down into that kind of deep trough uh, that you see um, that you see uh, ahead of you, and yeah, well,
0: I mean, very literally, like one of the children that you end up saving the world for goes on to then be. One of the guys in LMFAO, right? Right. Um, I mean, and I say this very literally, right? That that uh, uh, Redfoo of LMFAO uh, is uh, Stefan Kendall Gordy, uh, the youngest son of Barry Gordy, oh, man. right? Uh, and so, he, and who was born in in seventy five, right? And so he's the he's one of these unborn babies uh, that uh, is you know is notionally <laughs> we're saving the world for it. So we saved the world to party rock. <laughs>
1: Drugs, uh, drugs, 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 drugs.
0: Yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. Well, yeah, I mean that's a problem song of a different kind. I mean, uh, I, I like to understand um, uh, shots as being about the need for universal vaccination delivery uh, uh, worldwide. But that's that's another podcast. That's for when we get up to the um, the, the early aughts uh, uh, or the late aughts, rather uh, late aughts, uh, uh, early teens in our history. When when the uh, historical overview uh, is getting closer and closer to converging with, um, with, with the present timeline, which will eventually happen. I can't wait to do the re- retrospective discussion of um, of, of LMFAO's uh, party rock, or sorry for uh, party rocking. <laughs> <laughs> but at that point, we will have then conclusively failed to have saved the world. <laughs> um, and there will be no world left to save, or no, uh, no, nothing left to discuss on podcasts. Um, but yeah, so I guess where else are we? So, so that's. Um, I mean, these all are really uh, connected in a lot of ways. That there's a lot of different sides. I mean, of. of the problems that are are being uh uh diagnosed and they all flow into one one another um, musically right that there's basically two movements that correspond to the two sides of the vinyl lp right you have uh what's going on um through uh mercy mercy me is side a and then um right on through uh uh inner city blues Make- um it- yeah is uh yeah made me want to holler uh is is side B and in within each side uh it flows from song song to song and you have um you know moving from you know, drug use to, um, you know, veterans returning from Vietnam uh, to uh, racial tension and kind of urban inequality to the environment. Um, But what else kind of jumped out at you? So um, let's
1: I mean, let's talk about the first couple seconds of this album, right? Because this is this is something that we've zeroed in on as being and this is a path breaking record, clearly. And it does kind of begin with it begins with kind of a sonic event, which is like a recording of a of a party, right? Yeah. Like, and yeah. a bunch of it. Like, it's a great party, man. Like, hey, what's happening? Uh, uh, where where it's going? Where it's going uh, into what's going on? And I think it it sort of, I think that that does that does a couple things, right?
0: Well, and you like, well, and just to, to zoom in, I think there's uh, th- that you have the conversation, the, the party chatter, and then the saxophone. Right And, and I thinks no, so it's not just that it goes into the song, but it goes into this, this saxophone, which cuts into it almost like a siren, um, in a way, right? And, and that they're, they're, they're of a piece. but go, do, but go on, uh, at least on how you were reading the, that sonic event.:
1: I think that this I, I was thinking a little bit, and and you know, I don't know, here's here, uh, I'm checking my privilege, and it's functioning just fine. Uh, it's
0: over 9,000. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, but I was thinking about blackness as I was listening to this record you know and and how this how this is an african american record right in, in, or uh, not how uh and the ways in which this is an african american record mm. uh, in addition to its being a protest record right um but how this sort of participates in in a discourse that is um that is kind of within the African American community, and sort of for, and and is sort of separate from the from the the white social discourse sure. uh, of the time, and and I think that that party, the kind of the friendliness of it, right, situates this as a kind of non transgressive mode of of constructing blackness, right? That is to say, mm. um, Betty Davis is not invited to this party.
0: Right. You know? Right,
1: uh, right. <laughs> like, even Stevie Wonder may be a little edgy for this party, you know? Right. Uh, it, huh. And that, like, that... Uh, right, that it's, it's sort of... It's friendly. It's, it's welcoming. And, and actually, I think, uh, as I was thinking, I think that this this record is actually more concerned with, with broadly humanistic themes than with, um, Mm. than with, uh, uh, than with sort of racial American racial politics. That is to say, I th- the sense I get of this album, this sort of intuitive sense, and I would have to dig pretty deep to figure out where I get this, but after listening to it a bunch of times to prepare, the sense I get is that this is a record that would actually draw parallels between um, marginalized social groups, like uh, whether the protesters in... Um, whether the 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 protesters in the People's Park were white or or black, I think it yeah. would sort of g- claim a, a certain amount of kinship uh, yeah. with them, and sort of a, a a sort of kinship of 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 the marginalized, and a kind of uh, more broadly broadly humanistic set of concerns than yeah. than than just pointing out. Um, just pointing out racial inequality and sort of racial, racially based yeah. Uh, yeah. ethnic marginalization. Yeah. Um, but but oh, it's oh, it's also uh, like being sorry. I, go I'll, I'll go stick ahead. A pin go ahead. In. No no no. I'll stick a pin in it. I'll stick well, a pin in it there.
0: I was just going to say because I think that um, I as you're talking about this one place where cause I agree completely, and I think one place where I see this um, and that unlocks this a little bit is uh, God is love. Um, because I think that it's, um, very explicitly kind of trying together, um, right. He made this world for us to live in and gave us everything. And all he asks of us is we give each other love. Right. Right. Um, and, and, um, and, uh, and then the bridge especially says, you know, love your mother. She bore you love your father. He works for you. Love your sister. Uh, she's good to you. Love your brother. Love your brother. Um, and so I think that. Um, the emphasis of that, of the nature of of love, of God, of the world, um and, and then the people in it. Um I think tie together and link to the other ways in which we get these words and ideas throughout um the the whole album, right? Of uh of you know what's happening, brother. Of mother, mother, there's too many crying. That you have there's a sense of a family, and it's it's it's, it's one family united um, under under God, right? Yeah, and, I, was about
1: uh, to, I mean, I was about to say it's a non. It's really a sort of non sectarian, kind of non hierarchical version of uh, version of religion that's based on sort of family relationships, right? Like, yeah, you're talking about father and mother who are parents, but they have a father and mother, and they're also yeah. like you see you see sort of of every person it sort of takes it takes the hierarchical model and kind of turns it on its turns it on its side into a kind of flat uh, web of relationship Um, that, uh, that sort of, that sort of extends, um, that extends out. And sort right,
0: right. Here's the, here's the uh, church. Here's the steeple. Turn them on the side. And now we're all equal. (laughs) (laughs) um, And it's,
1: it's sort of specifically, it's, it's specifically Christian, right? Like there's in holy, holy on side two or side B, um, you know, there's this like, uh, uh, Jesus left a long time ago. He gave us a book to believe in. You know, like so it's it's specifically Christian, but doesn't partake in the in some of the uh, some of the like the hierarchical, historical, um, you know, institutional baggage of the various Christianities that that there are.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that that the the second half of that line is really interesting. Right. He he left us a book to believe in. Uh, We've got a lot to learn. Not we have now to follow these instructions, uh, but that we have a lot to learn. Um, and so there's a so, somewhat uh, – so there's – we have got a lot to learn. So again, it's kind of embedded in a, in a collective, um, but it's also somewhat self-directed rather than rather than hierarchical, which I think is um, really, really interesting. Well, um, it's, it's, we've, I, I mean it's interesting. It's very elegant, that line, now that, now that you've singled it
1: out. We've got a lot to learn. Not all you people who are not me, Marvin Gaye, right. have got a lot to learn. We've we, – like uh, humanity collectively right. ha- has right. got a lot or to learn. I
0: know a lot right (laughs) yeah exactly
1: like listen let me tell you right that's the that's the kind of non-prophetic uh you know which is actually i mean like it's it's sort of ingrained in there's this like uh prophetic strain in in american literature uh right where where there is a um you know there's a person who who feels uh driven to bear witness to kind of a privileged view of uh a privileged view of reality and this kind of this kind of rejects that i mean this is you know this is actually maybe where the kind of the the broadly humanistic um sense I get from this record uh is rooted right like in, in we've in in the idea of of a we that is very um that is very encompassing right like uh, we can rock the world's foundation. Everybody together, together and holy will holler love, love, love uh, across across the nation.
0: Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No. And even then, just even the idea of, of nation also is a kind of inclusive category, right? That there. Right.
1: Nation rhymes with, ...innovation. Um, and the idea, I mean, right. It's not a nation that is, um, uh, it's not a nation that is exclusionary. It's a nation that uh, rhymes with salvation.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and I think that, yeah. So, yeah. And and I think that there are these interesting concentric circles of, of, of like the collective and, and the, and the, the inclusive sense. I think then one thing then in terms of the most, um, one of the more inclusive and biggest circles uh, that I'd like to talk about is then is, like, all living things living <laughs> on the earth, uh-huh. right? And that, I think, brings us to uh, Mercy, Mercy Me, sure. uh, parentheses, The Ecology, uh, which, you know, I this is a song that I had heard many times and never realized that it was about the environment. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and it's so interesting when you really listen to the um, – To the lyrics, uh, it is you know about the oil wasted on the ocean and upon our seas, and the radiation under the ground and in the sky, and animal uh, animals and birds uh, dying. I mean, so what do you think of this song? Um, Is it for me? It feels a a little more on the nose than a lot of the rest of the um, the record. It feels, I mean, it's I guess it strikes me as feeling among the more. Dated songs lyrically, in part because you know talking about environment and ecology was so new at this time that that the terms of discourse feel they there it 's almost like they're they're not there it's not um, metaphorical or abstracted from it at all. It's just sort of like here are a list of the things that are happening in the environment. Right. Um, fish and, full of
1: fish full of mercury. Yeah. yeah. That is to say, fish are still full of mercury. Right. They're even fuller of
0: mercury, by the way, now than they. And I am I am full of those fish because <laughs> I had sushi recently. Um, so by the transitive per- 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 property, I too am full of mercury. Right. Exactly. <laughs> if it
1: were if it were written today, it would be right. It would be post hipsters full of. <laughs> Mercury, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, right. And and the the sort of non uh, the kind of the non metaphorical nature of it. This is one of the few songs on the album that just has a Marvin Gaye credit, uh, yes, <laughs> writing credit. That's that's not. Uh, and and so and so I think you're right. I think he's talking kind of at his boldest, uh, at his most. Um, he's talking at his most kind of uh un unencumbered by by uh figurative language here um but but the the uh the thing the thing though that like um so the thing that that is is coming or uh sorry rather the thing that that strikes me as being the interesting way into the song is the line things aren't what they used to be right, right. like um, that, that is to say, it's sort of. It proposes that there was a time before everything went to shit, you know, right. and it's kind of like that there there was a time and it's you can kind of hear Marvin Gaye and Bob Dylan kind of calling to each other across the chasm of the 60s. Right. Right. Where where huh. Bob Dylan is saying, like, it's a hard rains are going to fall. And uh, Marvin Gaye is like, dude, it's raining. It's uh,
0: raining. It is you know. acid rain. It is acid rain, Bob. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <It's- laughs> Things aren't what they used to be back when. Bob Dylan was warning us that our hard rains are going to fall. Uh, right,
0: you right, know. right. It, it, yeah, exactly. There is not as much poison everywhere. <laughs> but,
1: the, but but it is interesting. I mean, what you say is true. Like when when you line up those songs against against each other, um, the the Bob Dylan one holds up. I think in a way that that this one maybe doesn't. Uh, uh, maybe doesn 't hold up or maybe maybe sort of seems dated i, I don 't want to say it doesn 't hold up because it 's still a great song and it 's and it 's a good way to end a great a great sort of stretch kind of through composed uh, stretch of side a of of this record but um but hard rain sort of still feels contemporary and will always feel contemporary. Uh, it deals in
0: generalities, right?
1: Or, or it deals in, it deals at a higher level of abstraction. Exactly. That's
0: more than what I meant. Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: It deals in, in metaphor. Uh, it deals in, in poetic units of meaning rather than sort of scientific units of meaning.
0: Right, right. That's a that's a very good uh, good way of, um, of of putting it. Um, yeah, no, I think that that's uh, that's that's exactly right. Um, I think it's really interesting. Um, what do you make of? I mean, We talked a little bit about Holy Holy, um, but I think side two of this um, record is very interesting. I, I actually like made a point of looking up um, as I was listening to it. I felt the break point right that I, I actually um, at the end of. You know, between Mercy Mercy Me right. and Right On, you f- it's 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 noticeable, right? That it's not flowing into each other. And then once you realize that um, Right On, that the second side is Right On, Holy Holy, and Inner City Blues, it's very it's it's a very interesting um, side. Whereas Right Side A is a one song cycle. I mean, I guess there's an interesting question of do we consider this one song cycle that happens to be broken into, um, halves by virtue of the, fa- of, of the technology. Um, or, uh, is, are there two movements here? Um, yeah, is I mean, there... it's a,
1: well, I mean, there can, I think there can be two movements in a song cycle, right? Like there, are sure. they're definitely, I mean, there's definitely like a hard break between side A and side B. They, they need Jack Black Jack Black to, to do the locked groove, right. <laughs> yeah. On, yeah the, exactly, on the record right? so that the, so that the groove can kind of keep, uh, So the group can kind of can kind of keep going. Um, I
0: have. I now have an artisanal time machine, and I went back to 1970 uh, and, and did the first uh, perpetual self-turning uh, vinyl for uh, a special super deluxe uh, edition of What's Going On, uh, which was released then and now re-released by Third Man Records. <laughs> I mean, the, the idea
1: of the super deluxe, like, because Spotify too. I listen to the to the regular one but like spotify has a super deluxe version of this record also which i think is like 2011 or something like that which i guess is what that's 50 years uh so you know it makes sense to or no sorry 40 years it makes sense to put out the makes sense to to put out i guess a commemorative edition but but like does it not strike anyone the irony of the the Super Deluxe edition of you know of a of a record that is about among other things like the problem with uh, the problem with a social system that produces Super Deluxe editions.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. There there are dolphins choking on on, on Super Deluxe re- reissues. <laughs> I have
1: a yeah exactly like I have a hand tooled copy of Das Kapital right that like uh, is is illuminated in gold by. You know, underpaid uh, artisans.
0: Right, um, right, right.
1: Uh, and then yeah. sold, right, exactly. So who make a minimum wage and then the thing was sold for $8,000. I, Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, but the one of the arguments for it being a song cycle or it being like one unified work is that like there's mother, mother, everyone thinks uh, we're wrong. Who are they to judge right. us just because we wear our hair long uh, at the end of our um there <laughs> there are uh you know at the end of the at the end of the record at the end of Inner City Blues
0: yeah i think i think it's i think that's right i think what's interesting is there is um a difference musically I think what's really interesting about the the second half as a piece so I think it's both right that I think that there is a unified piece and I think you're right that um, there is this attempt to basically circle it back right that, that this kind of callback and this um, reiteration of that theme um, does circle it back um, in a way that's not possible uh, technologically but happens uh, sonically um, but then I think there's uh, also interestingly that um, there's this interesting kind of um, uh, a, an interesting sonic sandwich uh, that happens there, where right on an inner city blues have more of these kind of um, locked in grooves um, that are, are actually we talked a little bit um, that are re- reminiscent of some of these kind of straight ace grooves um, that uh, we talked about a little bit. Um, well, so the, so uh, there, there's I was going to say that there's some similarities to some of the kind of longer. Um, rhythmic grooves on, like the Velvet Underground, that stretch through to, um, to to Krautrock that we talked a little bit about um, last week. Uh, but then I think what's um, interesting and distinct on. Uh, both of uh, on both right on and uh, inner city blues is the level of texture. And uh, we haven't talked a lot about the auxiliary percussion on this album, but it's fantastic. Yeah, It's great. <laughs> it's great. Uh, I mean, it is, I mean, uh, maybe that's it on the, uh, uh, if we uh, ever go back and re-release a, a super deluxe edition of, um, of this, of this podcast discussion, there'll be a whole extra hour of, of, of us talking about bongos and, and queeros. I think especially <laughs> the quiro on uh, right on, right. The, the Latin um, fish shaped uh, gourd that is um, kind of struck and stroked against uh, like by with a with a um Oh, a, a, a kind of a fork or a, a comb uh, across grooves that really lays the backbone of the groove on right on uh, is great, right? It's it's kind of this, um, you know, it's oye como va uh, uh, adjacent. Um, and and yeah, it's, it's and very it's, cool, right? It's very, yeah.
1: yeah. This owes a lot, I mean, more than pop music, right? Like this this almost seems to have its lineage more in jazz than, than in pop music. And there right. are things like, um, rather than just dominant seven chords, which are a mainstay of of rock and roll coming from the blues uh, it's there are like major and minor seventh chords um, which have you know in them sort of dissonances that uh, uh, mm. that have to do more with that have to do more with jazz um, than with than with a lot of. Uh, than with a lot of pop music, you know, a lot of the instrumentation also. I was, I was actually thinking as I was listening to this record how how impoverished our sort of acceptable instrumentation for pop music uh, is. You and know wait, what I mean? Like,
0: that you want uh, you want some flute solos? Yes, on the, it was on exactly the, the that. Arcade Fire album, right? It was, <laughs> yeah.
1: it was the flute solos. You know, that was like, oh, that's just like that's like a cool drink of water. You know, when you're listening to that song in this. Like you know, crystalline, uh, you know, beautiful flute sound comes on. It's it's so
0: cool, right? Like, super cool, right, and it's crazy that like the only referent we have in our popular culture for that um, for that kind of flute sound is like as a joke in Anchorman, right, <laughs> where Meryl where <laughs> is in the jazz club playing jazz flute, and that's really one of our like one of the more salient contemporary. Um, yeah uh, uh, like examples of that so I guess I think what that's saying is though um, if you, there were a kind of you know um, an indie futures market um, by by flute because uh, flute is a, a commodity uh, a sonic commodity that um, is under exploited right now and there's going to be uh, like I will I will make this prediction within the next year, there will be a, a, a prominent usage of flute in indie or indie-adjacent pop music. Ooh, you heard um, it here first. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, and, and so I, I, I think we'll, we'll leave it there. Um, so uh, if you have your own predictions of what, what from uh, what's going on will come back um then uh leave them in uh, in one of two places, either in the comments on the show notes uh, at www.overthinkingit.com uh, where there's um, often a discussion uh, about the album, a kind of longer form discussion, or leave your thoughts uh, on Twitter uh, at TFTPodcasts, um and uh, give us a shout out there uh, and and we are also on on Facebook so again, thank you for the Facebook comment uh, and kind of contributing to this uh, larger discussion of uh, of of indie. Um, So we'll be back next week uh, with uh, our our historical um, march will continue uh, in perhaps an unexpected direction. Um, But until then, uh, as always and as it always will be, it's been real.